So, so when we ask you the dating advice, maybe, you know, keep it G rated, but yeah. everything else PG <laughs> is fine. Gotcha. Hello, it is Monday, June 8th, finally graduation week. I'm sure it's nice for our high school listeners to be done with school, a real departure from the last three months for them, I'm sure. But don't worry, even though the school year is ending, the only thing about this podcast that's ending is our commitment to telling good jokes. Anything goes now. We are the Real Bros of Holly Springs. I'm Brandon Rhodes, joined by Joey Will, the shark to my tornado of podcast content. You're not really sure why the combination works when put together, magic happens. I, I've only seen like a, you know, maybe one or two of those movies. I know there's like five or six. So if those movies, as bad as they are, are able to continue, continuously get sequels, then I, I'm on board for that comparison. So that way, like maybe that means we're going to have our fifth, our sixth season, which might be six years from now. So I'm, I'm really good with that uh, comparison. So let's keep that, uh, let's keep that positivity going throughout the rest of the uh, podcast. Exactly. People just wanna wanna watch what happens, just like Sharknado. Uh, and yeah, you know, we're not totally sure what's gonna happen this fall, so we'll we'll, we'll uh, wait to see what we plan for season six of the podcast. But you know, definitely, it's been it's been a good season one so far. Well, I, I hope the the people listening to the podcast don't think that we're encouraging them to find ways to like, you know, put a demise to our podcast because we are Sharknado and the whole premise is to like kill the sharks in the tornadoes so I, I hope they don't under they take that in a different light right like we are we are a great combination we don't want to be taken down we're just a great combination yeah we're, we're just one of those sharknadoes to be appreciated and, and looked at <laughs> not, uh, not to be destroyed it's one of those flukes of nature that people love yep uh, as a reminder, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at marketing underscore HSHS to vote in our polls and see our, see our extra content and reach us via email at broads4 and jwill, both at wcpss.net. As for our draft from last Friday, I guess Blair Waldorf schemed away to victory for me. Lucas Scott knocked down a game-winning three-pointer. Corey and Topanga proved themselves to be America's sweethearts. And Veronica Mars solved the case of how to win a draft because I got another one. 57% to 43%. Oh, well, the, the good thing is, is that out of all the drafts we've done, this is probably the one that I, I least, like I had the, the least amount of confidence going into, considering I had never seen any of the shows that you listed. You talked about like 10 that were on your draft board that you weren't able to put into your top four. So like, I didn't know like 15 of the shows you talked about. So the, considering that fact, the fact that I was able to get 43%, as you say, like I'm happy losing with that high of a percentage. Like I, I was able to piece together something positive, but congrats to you. You're on what, like number when out, like eight out of nine, nine out of 10? Six out of seven. I don't think it's quite eight out of nine, but it's, it's, a, oh, it's a pretty man. good stretch for me. Uh, right. Let me go through real quick the ones that I wrote for yours. Uh, I guess you weren't filled with glee or euphoria and didn't feel like a young Superman after hearing those draft results. And you must feel like I'm rigginsing these drafts to keep getting wins. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm just going to to take it. I'm just gonna take it like a man. You beat me again. I'm not even gonna say. Let's look forward to this today's draft. Like you're obviously on a hot streak. I wish we were in Vegas because I would put all the money on whatever color you wanted to to play, red or black. But you know, unfortunately, we can't do that type of betting. So let's continue with the podcast. I'm, I'm going to try to cheer up as we, as we go forward. Yeah, I hope so. 
We have a great rest of the podcast lined up for you guys today. We're going to draft Will Ferrell movies. Uh, luckily for me, most of the movies he, he's in, based on his type of humor, are probably more appropriate than the, mo- or, uh, the show Euphoria. So <laughs> probably have a better chance of, of completing a, a draft board without any uh, comments or uh, statements by me not to draft something or watch something. Uh, we're also going to play some science trivia. Uh, good thing that Rhodes always comes up with the questions for this. So I always look like the idiot, and I'm sure that will continue today. But before that, we are going to have two former Holly Springs students on to chat about college, as well as some of the things going on in today's country. When you've been outside for hours in the sweltering heat, there are few things better than that first sip of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. For generations, people have been drinking Cokes to make the good times even better and to help cheer you up during the bad times. Currently in America, we are going through one of those bad times. And to make it better, all of us here at the Coca-Cola Company wanted to reach back to one of our old slogans and simply buy the world a Coke. However, our accounting department decided that giving away 7.8 billion Cokes would devastate our Q2 earnings. So instead, we're just going to ask that all of you keep buying each other Cokes and never forget Pepsi killed Harambe. Today, it's great to have two more guests from my favorite graduating class in my teaching career, the famed Holly Springs class of 2017. Asia Greenhill was one of my students my very first semester of teaching, and she just finished her junior year at South Carolina, where I think she's pursuing a career in nursing. Carrington Cooper has just also finished up her junior year at North Carolina A&T, where she's studying engineering. Uh, Both were also members of the volleyball team during their high school's careers. Uh, so to Asia and Carrington, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank hey. you. I'm so excited to be here. We're Glad very excited to have both of you on here. I spoke at the same time. Yeah, my God. We literally have not done that like in 20 seconds. <laughs> I was just saying, we're glad to have both of them on. Actually, you know what? I'm going to start with, you know, you keep talking about this famed class of 2017. Like I'm almost like heartbroken because I don't have like that famed class yet. I, I wish I could say that maybe this year's class in a, in a way. But like every time it's like famed class member 2017. Like what made this this class so special, Rhodes? Yeah, or a, ladies, you can comment too. There, there's a reason half of our podcast guests are, you know, from this class. It's just kind of, you know, we, we came into school together as my first year teaching and their freshman year, taught them again as seniors. It's just, it's like, like, I feel like I knew so many kids in the class, even the ones I didn't teach. It's just, a, you know, we grew up together and it's unfortunate that I could teach for another 30 years and never have a class I like anywhere near as much. but. I'm glad, I'm glad we had it. <laughs> it was definitely the class of 2017. It was just different. Like we were all, we were all friends. The last of the nineties babies. That's why yeah, we, we were all friends without like being friends. I don't know if that makes sense, but like we all just knew each other and we were all somewhat cool with each other. And of course, like me, I was a basketball manager also. So I was always around roads, like always. I was a temporary basketball manager. <laughs> I was there sometimes. Yeah, sometimes just hanging out. Yeah. yeah. 2017. I was there. The best. I, I remember. So, so pretty much the, the secret is like everybody just really likes you and I'm just here to like tag along. <laughs> That's really what it is. Uh, not how I put it, but if you want to put it that way, I'm not going to like argue. How, how, like in a nice way, how would you put it? Like that's that's what I'm asking for. Um, I just put it. I mean, if we're going to have guests on, we might as well have, like, the people that I like 
a lot. Not, I don't want to say the people I like the most, not that the people we haven't had on the podcast we don't like the most, but uh, just- You can keep it as the most, I'll take it. <laughs> so I will take it. Just, you know, a, a great group. I think that this is also like a, you know, good age for podcast guests too, just because like they, you know, high school wasn't that long ago. They theoretically still remember some of it and just can, you know, provide a little bit of wisdom as to what's going on in the real world also. All right, so let's let's test Rhodes' theory. He says you guys have some wisdom to give us. So our first question for both of you is obviously some, you know, crazy things have been going on with the quarantine and COVID-19. So what have you guys been up to, you know, finishing up your semester and then kind of going into, I guess it's been maybe three weeks for your summer, technically. So what have you guys been up to? Do? I'll go first, Casey. Um, what I've been up to, so like Rhodes said, I'm a nursing major at the University of South Carolina, the best school in the country, arguably. Um, and so... Yeah, arguably. Arguably. Okay. okay. <laughs> so finished school there this year. Um, and now I'm working at Duke Hospital as a nursing intern. So all of this COVID-19 things, I actually get to work in the hospital, make a little bit of a difference um, as much as I can and care for all those patients and kind of be in the fold. Um, it's kind of scary, but I'm loving it and I'm really enjoying it. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. Cool. Thanks, what about you? Um, so after this intense semester, oh yes, I'm uh, majoring in biomedical engineering at the illustrious North Carolina a and State University. Um, arguably the best school in the country? To me it is, but you know, arguably. Yeah. Arguably. <laughs> But um, right now I started, last week I just started my internship, my remote internship at a company called Amatech. It's a medical device company. Um, it was supposed to be in Minnesota, but due to the circumstances of Corona, I'm here. I was also supposed to be, I was also supposed to be in Italy last month, but due to Corona, I was here. Um, and I'm also working at Bonefish Grill in Greensboro on the weekends so if you guys ever just are in the area you know on Saturdays and Sundays I'll be there getting paid good and tips <laughs> we'll keep that in mind for our next uh, day trip down to Greensboro <laughs> just, just remember us teachers don't get paid for the next two months so it might, it might have to be a couple more months after that before I I head to Bonefish maybe if you worked at Wendy's instead of Bonefish you'd be more likely to go exactly oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> all right so thinking back to your guys' time at Holly Springs, a few years out of high school, what are some of like the best memories you guys have from you know when you were in high school? Definitely football games. Oh yeah. Um, the volleyball games, playing a sport because right now, like in college, I'm not playing a sport, so I miss that. Um, all the new experiences because like you learn how to drive, and then that's when you turn 16, all this stuff, high school. I don't know. I like college better than high school, so really. <laughs> <laughs> I, same. I like college better than high school, but something, like, the most memorable moment, I would have to say, like, almost all of my high school moments involved Carrington, because we were always together, um, and it would have to be my most memorable moment Coming into, I'm so sorry if you like hear a dog barking in the background, just got a puppy and she's a hot mess. But most memorable moment was when I met Carrington freshman year at volleyball tryouts. And I had just moved and I didn't know anyone. And I walked up to Carrington and I was like, we're going to be friends. And from there, here we are. So. Oh, I know what my best memory was. 
It was when we had a club volleyball tryout all the way in Morrisville, and we ran and like sped from the tryout all the way to the football game and made it just in time for like fourth quarter before <clears throat> everything was like done. I remember that. That was crazy. Club tryout season is such a crazy time because you'll have like four or five tryouts within like six hours and of course us we were like we have to come back Holly Springs football whoop whoop like we love it love Holly Springs football. Did, so did we did we win that game was it memorable because we won or was it memorable because we lost like I'm, I'm not sure which game. I don't I, even know what game it was. Oh I just remember it was very hectic trying to get across the world. I think I remember this time. Game ended. That's like pretty much where I live currently. So <laughs> you live in Morrisville? Morrisville? Yeah. I mean, like Carrie is like right next to Morrisville. Carrington. It was the pink out game, and the only yeah. reason I remember that is because I was dating someone on the team at that time. So that's kind of funny. But yeah, that's how I remember it. So, so both of you said you didn't really like high school. That you like college better. Maybe you did like high school, but you like college better. So, what are what are some of the things that you guys like about college? I mean, you're both finishing up your junior year, so I'm sure you have plenty of stories you could tell us. But <laughs> what are some of the things that you know you enjoy about college? Freedom. You can do whatever. Well, you can do whatever you want, but you also have to make sure that you're doing the right things in the classroom, getting your four zero because it's so easy to get it your freshman year especially at my school being a nursing major um but i would have to say freedom i love that and also you're you're not living at home you can do whatever you want i mean you kind of go a little crazy but then you pull it together and realize that you're actually at school for school not for socializing i like college because one the freedom like i don't have a curfew or anything i can do whatever i want i can eat whatever i want which was bad freshman year but I corrected myself and got myself back together. So we're good. But um, also it's like, you're basically in like a utopia, like space with like like-minded people and you find uh, your own like niche there. That's what I liked about it because it's like high school, it's like you have people coming from like middle school and then you have people who are like 18 and it's kind of like weird. But then like when you get to college, like everybody's adults, even though like, I know one of my best friends, he's like 28, but like still my friend group, we're all, you know, going through the same challenges, finding ourselves, you know, college is a place, like a time where you find yourself, figure out like who you are in life and what you want to do for the rest of your life. And so I really like that whole dynamic. It's like a time for you. Yeah. So follow up to my question would be like, what would be the advice for the kids that are graduating this year and are going to college next year, like what would be some of the, the pieces of advice that you would give them to help them in that like initial first couple of months or that first year um, as they transition from high school to college? I would say be patient, be patient with yourself, be patient with all the things that you're going to go through because you're not going to know well, be patient, give yourself grace. You're not going to know everything the first day you step on campus and you're going to feel like a little fish in this huge pond and everyone's going to be just as smart as you are, if not smarter than you. Um, so just really take it all in and be patient and know that you'll figure it out. You won't figure it out the first day. You won't figure it out the first semester, but you'll figure it out. And when you do, it's going to be the best thing ever. So just be patient. Give yourself grace and know that everything's going to be okay. If you fail your first test, 
it will be fine. You will be okay. Yeah, Asia, I think that's great advice. I think people sometimes expect to go to college and expect to be perfect right away. And it takes a little while to kind of find, I think, as you guys said, like your niche and like kind of your, your friend group and all the people around. I think, I think that's great advice. Dude, I, I remember, sorry, I remember my first, I took a meteorology class my freshman year in college and I got a 49. Oh, same. On my first <laughs> test. And I was like, every, every single kid you're talking to, I was that kid. Like I legitimately was freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, freshman year is ruined. I'm so used to having A's. And then I realized, like, I asked somebody in class, like, legitimately just talked to a a person that I kind of knew from my major who was taking the class too. And it was just a random class that we needed to to progress for graduation. And she's like, just go online. He has all the test questions and answers on previous tests posted. And he just draws from them. And I passed the rest of my test. He drops the lowest test grade and I ended up with an A in the class. So like that first moment, it was within like the first two weeks of college. Like I thought my life was ruined and it wasn't, it was fine. So, so after you got a 49 in that first meteorology test, you thought your future was mostly cloudy? <laughs> yes, very cloudy. <laughs> cloudy with a chance of meatballs. <laughs> I was like, there's no way I'm going to get a job. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. I took my first anatomy class and I thought it was the hardest class. I thought that this class was the hardest thing in the world. Little did I know that it gets harder. And this is just step one. And I took my first anatomy test. I studied so hard for it. I studied for like a week and a half. And I got a 62. And I cried in the stairwell. I was like, I'm not going to be a nurse. This is it. This is over. I'm just going to fall out and die because I got a 62 on this test. But then I realized like it's really not a big deal. And I ended up getting an A out of that class anyway. Man, my lowest test grade in college was like a 23. (laughs) And I literally, I have a, what, 3.74 GPA right now. It is okay. (laughs) But um, advice for college students would be don't forget why you are in college. Because, like, I know college, like, you're fully independent and you can do whatever you want and, it, like, everything's fun. There's a step going on, like, every day. But at the same time, like, you don't want to stay there for, like, longer than you have to. Continue to get loans. Continue to have to pay for school and stay when, like, everybody's, like, leaving and you're still trying to retake the same class, like, a hundred times. Like, college is a balance. It's a balance between school, sleep, in social life. Now, two of them you can do at the same time. All three, it's kind of hard, but honestly, once you figure out like what works best for you, like for me, I don't really need that much sleep. <laughs> I like being a social person, but as long as like I have all of my work done, I can like go out. Like don't think that, you know, just because you're in college like it has to be like school 24/7 and stuff. Like Make sure your stuff is good, but also you need to take mental breaks because college is hard. So, like, if you want to go to a party, just make sure that you schedule time to get work done and then go party. Like, definitely have a social life. Sleep, meh. You need sleep, <laughs> but at the same time, you can find it, figure, you know, put it in here or there. Five-minute, ten-minute power naps in between classes. I've done it. They work. <laughs> Well, speaking of the social life, that's a great segue into our dating advice question we got for you guys. Uh, <laughs> mentioned a high school boyfriend earlier. The question is, uh, how do I get a guy to like me? I'm lonely. 
Uh, we, can, we can really apply this to like any high school or college student of any gender. Uh, I'm sure social distancing has resulted in a lot less human contact over the last few months. So how can our lonely listeners help themselves out? Um, oh, I can this question. First off, I want everybody to realize that you don't need a man to make you happy. You don't need a girlfriend to make you happy. If you are being yourself and the person doesn't like you for you being yourself, then you need to move on. Do not change yourself for somebody just because you think you like them. Because at the end of the day, if you do change yourself and end up trying to like, you know, fit into like what their image of you is, then you're just gonna be like upset. Find somebody who likes you for you. Even if you are lonely, you know, that's when you try to just get your friends to like help you get out of that mindset, I guess. Like definitely I put friends first before any like significant other, most definitely, because I know they're gonna be there a lot longer. Because like we're in college, you know, some people find their like husband, wife in college. That's that's, that's fantastic. I think that's great. <laughs> that's really cute. I think it's great. But if you don't, I'm not bashing oh, roads. I love it. No, no, no. I'm saying that's great because like I literally there are so many people from our high school that are getting married now. And I think that's so fantastic. Many. Like, do it because you want to do it. But don't do it because everybody else is doing it. Like, do stuff for you. Goes back to what I was saying about being selfish in college. Like, don't spend your days looking and searching for somebody because then you're just going to be disappointed. But if you, like, let it come to you, then it'll be great. Hey, do you got anything else? Loneliness. Oh, my. Um, I would say just like Carrington. And college has definitely helped a lot with this. Do things that you want to do and be your own person first. And I know that doesn't really answer the question, but it does. I will explain. So if you're doing things that you like to do and your hobbies and hang out with people that you love that are in your circle, that will come. I think um, a big problem with the people Carrington and I's age is that they go out seeking things that they necessarily aren't ready for, but they just do it because it's, it's fun and everyone else is doing it too. Um, I believe, especially in relationships, I don't know if, how Rhodes will feel about this because, well, Rhodes, you're married, right? I am, yes. Oh yes. my gosh, congrats. Right? <laughs> oh, side, side note, he put on one of our tests in high school how he should ask his wife out and he didn't take anyone's how, advice. How, propose, how, propose. Yeah, how you should propose and he didn't take anyone's advice. But back to what I was saying, um, I believe that before you get in a relationship with someone, you should be a whole person first. It shouldn't be like finding your other half. You should be a whole person. They should be a whole person and together you can be whole, if that makes sense. So I would say just do things that work on you and have friends and people in your life that you enjoy and that you love um, and just do things that you love and enjoy. Um, and become that whole person and then the person that you're looking for the person that you want in your life will end up coming eventually but if not don't worry about it just have fun and do you realize that we're like 20 years old yeah we still have like so look it's not like the olden days when people died at like 30 like we still have like a lot of time I was I was going to say this might be the best relationship advice segment we've ever had, and then you might have got a little south with that comment. Right? Oh. It was so positive, and it's like eh, you guys live a lot longer than the older people or older generations. So you got I didn't time. need to like make it bad. <laughs> 
People exactly. used to die at 30, and now they don't die until expected average of 74. 70. So <laughs> and, like, the question makes so much sense because in college, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm in college. I'm going to find my husband or find my wife or find my, my person. And that is just, at least for me and Carrington so far, not the, not the truth. Um, but I will say that I have found my bridesmaids. Haven't found my groom, but I found my bridesmaids. And that's, that's fun. That's, that's more important. Yeah, I certainly didn't go to college to get my MR degree. That wasn't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually more of a grad school thing where I got my teaching degree. People just called me Brandon in college. So it definitely wasn't where I got my MR degree. <laughs> so transitioning a little bit, uh, you know, a big reason why Coach Will and I wanted to have you on today is to talk about what's been going on in the United States following the murder of George Floyd on May 25th. And so our audience can you know, better understand uh, both Asia and Carrington are black women and we hope can provide a better perspective on growing up black and being black in America today than either Coach Will or I can provide. Uh, obviously racism and police brutality didn't start two weeks ago. Uh, why do you guys think that right now these issues are resonating so much with people across the country? Um, I definitely think that quarantine is a big part of that because like so before quarantine people you know were able to find ways to distract themselves from the matters at hand but now it's like nobody really has anything to do and so like you know you're watching tv all the time and you're you're on social media a lot more than usual and so then you see all of this like black lives matter that movement has gone on for like years ages and all this stuff but it's just like i feel like more people are um active with it because this is like this is all like this is all they have to see like they don't have anything to distract themselves to the matters at hand and so i feel like they're finally taking the time to like realize okay like without all the distractions, like there are actually things that need to be taken care of and handled. Yeah, same. I feel the same with Carrington. Like, especially for me, quarantine and like being home with my family has been a time for self-reflection and reflection of literally every decision I've made ever. Um, And I think for other people, they're kind of realizing their own biases that they have and they're realizing what their own internal belief system is and sometimes it isn't the best but sometimes and especially in cases like this people are really realizing like hey this is wrong I know this doesn't involve me or it doesn't happen to people that look like me like in the case of white people or whatever it may not happen to them but they also realize this reflection or through however they've been raised that like this isn't okay even if it isn't happening to me that doesn't mean that it's okay for it to happen to someone else karen can you mention that because of quarantine it's it's become a situation where a lot of people have time to to actually see this this movement at like a larger scale because they don't have the distractions of normal day work or other things in their lives that are taking away from them being able to realize that issue. So that kind of brings up for me the next question, which is, have you guys partaked or taken part of um, these types of protests before? Because you said that, you know, this has definitely been a movement for the last several years. Have you guys been a part of movements before or is it something where you've become more active recently? Um, I, I personally have not been a part of like protests before this 
Now donations in like spreading the word and signing petitions, that's something that I've done like often since like high school, honestly, absolutely. But recently, like, well, yesterday, was like the first protest for Black Lives Matter that I have been to. And I'm very glad that I got the chance to um, be a part of this protest. I haven't put on my own or hosted my own and I haven't, I don't think I've really known about them before now enough for like me to like drive myself to them. But like now that I'm, you know, older and able to do things for myself and um, putting myself out there, like pro protesting can get like very dangerous. So like, don't, I don't, you know, if, if that's not what you want to do, you don't have to do it. Like, don't feel obligated to protest. There are definitely like a lot of other things that you could be doing to support like the Black Lives Matter uh, movement. But if you are somebody who likes to be on the front lines and protests and stuff, I definitely think you should go for the experience because I, I definitely thought it was a very like um, heartwarming experience um, in Greensboro. Just seeing like everybody unified together and stuff. So if even before like junior year of college, I definitely recommend going, if you're unsure, but you like still kind of want to do it, then just do it just to get it out of the way. Like if you don't like it the first time you go, that's okay. Like you don't, you know, I'm not forcing you to go to a protest. Maybe that's not you, but definitely get the experience if that's what you're like interested in because it's like very moving. Yeah. I feel the same way. Um, for me, I haven't been to a protest like the ones that are currently happening I have been donating money and signing petitions and doing all that but I will say something to the effect of how it feels very unified um the other day when I was working at Duke Hospital um we had a I mean it was a it was basically a walkout so we stood in the front of the hospital for eight minutes and 46 seconds um and for reference that is the amount of time that it took for that officer to kill George Floyd. Um, we stood out there and just solidarity. It was very quiet. It was very calm. And you have like doctors and nurses and techs and people that work in the cafeteria. You have all of these people that are coming out and they're supporting and they're standing out there with you. And then um, we, some, it somehow like broke out into kind of like a gospel song praise break, um, which was just, the best thing I've ever experienced. And I was just extremely thankful that the hospital system that I was working for took the time to put something together like that. Um, so yeah. Well, it seems like you guys have both had you know, great experiences with that over the last you know, week or so. That's, that's good to hear. Absolutely. Uh, if you don't really mind answering or if you remember, uh, like when were you guys like both made aware of issues of police brutality? And is this something that you remember like talking to your parents about? Whew. Wow. Um, I'm trying to think. I think the first experience that I witnessed, you know, on the media, it, I think it had to be like when I was in elementary school and it wasn't even recent. It was the Rodney King incident that happened, but I was just, I, my mom like watches a lot of like documentaries and stuff and so I'll just like start watching them with her but that was like the first time that I ever saw anything like that it was I don't even remember what point in elementary school but it was just like when I was a lot younger and I was just I didn't even know how to feel like 
as a kid, you're just kind of like, you just have a lot of questions, like what's going on? Why is this person getting beat up? Why is all of this stuff happening? And all this stuff. So like really an early, early experience. I, I don't remember. I will say that Sandra Bland's case was the first time that I was able to kind of see what was happening and internalize it and decide how I felt about it and how I wanted to move forward in life when it comes to things like police brutality. Even though, I mean, that wasn't like extremely recent, but it was a bit ago, but that was like the first instance that I was like, wow, like this this is crazy. And I wasn't a kid, but it was definitely kind of the first time that my eyes were opened. And I realized like, wow, there are people here that are supposed to protect us that are actually hurting us and killing people that look like me. I think the one that really hit the hardest though was the Trayvon Martin one. Absolutely. Because that one hit, that was like, we were in like middle school at that point, And he was like around the same age. Well, like around like he was still a kid and so that was when like okay something I need to start figuring out like what can I do mm-hmm. to like help kind of get involved with stuff like that. And, and both of you have kind of briefly talked about why the movement itself matters but can you talk about why the phrase Black Life Matters so much like why does that phrase because I know some people get caught up on you know, saying certain things and that's upsetting. So like, why does that phrase specifically mean so much? I think, well, I don't think I know. When it comes to the phrase Black Lives Matter, and then you have people that, for example, will follow it up and say, well, all lives matter. Well, okay, that's understandable. And they do, but all lives won't matter until Black ones also have some sort of weight in America. So of course, like, yeah, everyone matters, but you are seeing these instances of Black people being killed because they're Black, because being Black sometimes to people, um, especially police officers, is a weapon. So until people realize, like, just because people are saying Black Lives Matter, that doesn't mean that your life doesn't, and that doesn't mean that everyone is negating other things. They're just saying, until you realize that a black person's life matters as much as a white person's life or any other person's life, we will never have equality. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, Because like, like Asia said, like, it's not like we're saying that, you know, we're the only race in the world that matters in all of this stuff. We're just saying that of all of the people in the world right now, you have this one group that is facing so much oppression and has been facing some, all this oppression and all of this um, like systematic racism for like forever, whether it be like from slavery to like our jails to the communities to poverty. It's just that we, you know, in society, it's like we are a lot further behind like everyone based on the color of our skin. And it doesn't mean that we aren't capable of doing more and being greater. It's just based on the circumstances that we are black. We don't, you know, we're not at the level where we should be. We're not like recognized at the level where we should be. That's why like I was always taught that black people have to work like twice as hard to get to the point where white people are just because 
you know, the color of your skin, whether, and then there are like also things like um, on job applications, when um, you write your name on there, people take name into account, people take like a different, like a plenty of things into account. That's why I definitely think Black Lives Matters is very important because it's just been so long that we have been behind when we should be at the same place or even further than everyone else based on the work ethic that we are doing in this country and have done in the past. Harrington, uh, that's that's a, the thing you brought up that I haven't, well, I did think about it the other day. My mom and my dad, they always told me you have to work twice as hard to get half of what they have. That, like, that statement in itself, like, as a child, you shouldn't have to be, you shouldn't have to work twice as hard to even get half of what another child should get just because you're darker than them. So yeah, that was, that brought up a lot. I totally like forgot about that sentiment until Carrington said it. So maybe kind of making this a little bit more like a little smaller, uh, you know, Holly Springs is a predominantly white school. I think it's actually the whitest high school in Wake County currently. Uh, like were there, like, are there problems with race like at Holly Springs or do you guys remember there being Yes. With race. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, there were problems. Um, I don't know about right now. I do have a sister that is about to be a senior at the school. So you may have her roads. Um, her name's Kennedy Mitchell. Yeah. But um, she started a club, um, the black, it's like a black student union at our school, which I think is very beneficial because like when I was in school, I definitely saw a lot of like Confederate flags, like at the football games when we would throw the um, traffic cone around, they painted like a Confederate flag on it. And I was not okay with that. But you know, I wasn't, I didn't have the power to be like, oh, hey, this is not correct. Like, you shouldn't throw this around. And then like, they had, there were kids who, um, would ride around the parking lot with a Confederate flag waving from the back of their truck. And I actually got into a discussion with one of them in high school um, because, you know, a lot of people think that the Confederate flag, it's good because it represents heritage and stuff. But if you actually go back into history, the heritage that it represents is one that wanted slavery, the Confederacy. But, you know, their argument to me was like, oh, you learned this in U.S. education. Like, you weren't even there. So you, how do you know that, you know, this is bad and all this stuff? Like, we're at the same school. I, like, that wasn't a very valid argument. But it's just, like, stuff like that that I didn't think the school, well, the school handled very well. Um, there was a video where, you know, some of those same students had a video going around where they were carrying guns and they were saying that they were going inward hunting and they got suspended for like five days. Like it's like things like that, where like my trust in the school to handle matters, racial like tension matters um, was lost because there's like evidence that there is tension and racial tension and hate going on in school. And like nothing was really done about it. Just like seeing the Confederate flag and stuff that just kind of make you feel like less welcome at school. Or is that? Um, yes, absolutely. Because, like, I understand there's a freedom of speech. Like, you know, I, I, you know, everybody's entitled to say what they want to say, think what they want to think. I'm not going to tell anybody 
how to think or how to do things. But I just want you to understand that, you know, it is a sign of hate. And if you are going to go around here enforcing dress code policies, like I used to get dress coded because my shorts were too short and stuff like that. But in like, if somebody came to school with like a curse word on their shirt, like they would get in trouble, but you still allow people to walk around with like, like hateful flags and stuff on their shirts. I didn't, I didn't think that was really fair. I agree. I would say that seeing the Confederate, I, vividly remember this picture of like in my head of walking out from volleyball practice and seeing this like pickup truck driving around the parking lot with a confederate flag hanging from their truck um and it just it just didn't make sense to me as to how people can be so enthusiastic about a flag that represents so much hate but when times like this come up and people are fighting for equality, the same people that are fighting for the Confederate flag for it to be flown everywhere are silent. So, so I don't know if you feel the same way, Carrington, but it, it's definitely like an eye opener to me, especially seeing that in high school, like those same people are very silent when it comes to Black Lives Matter, or even um, very against it because of their flag that they believe in. And I've gotten in arguments with people about how, like Carrington said, their flag should be flown everywhere because it represents their heritage. But if your heritage is hateful, why are you so happy to talk about it? That makes sense. No, I mean, that, that definitely makes sense. And, and both of you are touching on, you know, maybe the same similar situations and maybe you have more that you could talk about, but is there something that we can do as a high school or high schools in general that we can do to, to maybe promote racial equality a lot better than what we do? Um, I know we have at least one club on campus that focuses on diversity and, and trying to improve diversity amongst the student body, but what are some things that we can do, whether it's through clubs or, or some other initiative to, to help with those issues that you guys experience? One thing that I think would be very beneficial is that like if you guys have um, like public speakers coming to the school, like any events, I can't remember, did we have like no events like that at school? No? <laughs> That's kind of okay. more of a college thing, like bring in speakers usually. Yeah. Well, know. if not that, then, um, I know for a fact, like right as of right now, my sister um, and some of her friends at the school. So Kennedy Mitchell is my sister, and she worked with um, some of her friends and Courtney High. I know you guys remember Courtney from, you know, class 2017, but they're holding a um, Black Lives Matter march in Holly Springs on June 20th. And so if you guys would like to donate to that, um, that could be a good first step, like organizing um, anything that could like help with anything going on. Um, if you guys have questions on that, you guys can email me, get my social media or anything like that. As a school? I would say as a school, I don't know if you guys still do like the whole hot lunch thing where you have like two halves of lunch. I don't know if that's what yep. this. That is. Yeah. Might change in the fall due to health whatever concern. Okay. But That's, now, I, would I would say something that I've been able to do at 
the University of South Carolina um, working in student government is having maybe a whole lunch, like half a lunch dedicated to just open dialogues with people for people that really don't know what's happening to be able to come to a safe space and talk about their their biases, how they're ignorant and how to learn from other people. And it, I think it definitely helps having people higher up talk in a dialogue like this also, or maybe if they're not talking just to be present and to see the impact that it would have. Um, dialogues are great because you honestly can just sit there, you can say nothing or you can say everything. And you just get to learn how other people are feeling and you get to kind of check yourself and realize like, hey, I have all of this privilege. How can I use my privilege to help the oppressed? So open dialogues are always a great thing. Yeah, like in the morning announcements, if we do like, you know, raise awareness for like certain things sometimes or cultural events are definitely very beneficial. Um, like theater, if theater program could hold some like a cultural event or like during a halftime show at some sporting event, it's like a cultural event happening. Um, I, oh, one thing that I definitely think is really good is um, I know that sometimes colleges are brought to the school for like whatever day they have like college day. Like college, I don't know. I, yeah, 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 college fair. College rep, yeah. Yeah. I went to one one day, like representing like my school. So I go to an HBCU, which is a historically black college or university. And so I feel like bringing in um, like more students or more like representatives from like HBCUs in the area, because we North Carolina definitely has a lot of historically black colleges. But I know like when I was in high school, I didn't realize how many that they had. And so that would definitely be beneficial. And historically, black colleges are not solely just for black people. They are historically black colleges because they were opened up because black people could not go to predominantly white schools. So um, that would definitely be helpful to like students on campus. Okay, That's, those are all interesting ideas. Uh, so I know I want to kind of touch the last thing is touch on kind of what Asia said about uh, privilege. So I think Karen, you mentioned June 20th, there's a Black Lives Matter. <laughs> Black Lives Matter March uh, in Holly Springs. Uh, so besides for, you know, showing support to the Black community by showing up to like a march, what else can like a, you know, privileged person such as myself do to be supportive? I think the first step in all of that is understanding that you have privilege. That is the, the first step in anything is to acknowledge what you have that other people don't have. Um, especially in a time like this, being like not racist isn't good enough. You have to be anti-racist. You have to be able to speak out in family events, talk to your friends, like change the dynamic of the people that you're around um, and change their hearts so that they can move forward and do the same thing in their own circles. Um, but I think that just talking and having those conversations and advocating for people that don't look like you are donating to different funds and signing different petitions and just realizing like a black person may not have the like stance or the audience to say what they need to say and it might not be heard but if i say it knowing what kind of privilege i have i know that it would reach more people 
So all in all, just like acknowledging that there is a privilege because there are people that don't acknowledge it. And they're just like, I don't believe in white privilege. Well, it's a thing. Um, fun fact, it's a thing. Um, so acknowledge it and be able to talk about it and don't shy away from issues such as race and politics and things like that. Can you repeat the question? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so basically kind of simmers down just like, like in addition just to not being racist, like what can, what can white people kind of do or, you know, other privileged classes do to kind of be allies like in this fight? Well, my answer to that is doesn't just go for like white people, but it definitely would help with this is going to the main source. So like, I know like, you know, donating is good, but if you don't have the, if you don't have the money to donate, obviously signing petitions is good. But I think the main like area that all of this would help in is voting. Yeah. I need everybody to go out and definitely vote. Now I'm not saying like, I'm not going to say, you know, vote for this, vote for this, like what person to vote for. I'm just saying like state on the state level, because you know, like the president isn't in charge of what each state wants to do. Now that's like a whole different ball game of research that you're going to have to do like by yourself. But I know like people usually only focus on like the presidential um, part of the ballot, but like state ballots, like judges, sheriffs, like everything on the state level is just as important as voting for the president of the United States because state states have different laws that you know are brought up by state and if you have like somebody who is just not for like all people in like the black community and all communities coming together and harmonizing and everything then nothing's going to help like all of our efforts are going to be good and they are they're definitely working protests are definitely working petitions are definitely working but long-term effects comes through voting so I need everybody to make sure that, you know, you guys may not be into politics like that. You know, I'm not a big political person, but I do know that change is definitely going to come by targeting it at the source, which is voting at the state level and seeing based on like people's backgrounds and what they stand for on the state level, how they can change the communities in like your community and like the state's community. Yeah, that's great. It seems like you're giving me some information that you might have learned in one of your high school classes about the important. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, we really appreciate you girls both having this conversation with us. I think it's an important thing to do, like right now, especially. Uh, and we're glad this is one that we're able to have on our podcast. I hope our listeners are able to get something from this also. Uh, educating ourselves and our audience is really valuable. Um, but we do also want to make sure you have some a little bit more fun before we go. So we've had a long, <laughs> serious conversation. Uh, so we're going to play some science trivia next. And hopefully this actually is fun and not just an embarrassing failure. Uh, but coming okay. up next, we have some more trivia. Bill Nye the Science Guy. Bill Nye the Science Guy. Bill, 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 Bill. Bill Nye the Science Guy. Welcome back. We're going to be playing science trivia today. We have five different categories. You'll get one question from each category with a bonus question. You'll have to choose from one of the categories in the last round. You will only get a point for your own correct answers. There's no stealing. Uh, our categories today are biology, chemistry and physics, anatomy, space and such, and then general. Uh, 
I'm not gonna lie, not a huge science person myself. So if one of these is in the wrong category, that's my bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hope that wasn't a book that you got, Carrington, to help you with these answers. No, I'm going to write my answer. Not my down. notes. I also got okay. a paper. Look, okay. this is just a notebook. This is okay. Very All right. We've had we've had some cheaters on the podcast before. No, so. we're not cheaters. No. All okay. right, Asia, we're gonna give you the first question. Oh, geez. Dolly was the first living creature ever cloned. What type of animal was she? A sheep. That is correct. They were yes. this one. Ah. Why mine be like, what is no. Oh, yes. I know that because Mr. Inge taught me that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got to make sure everyone gets at least one question right so everyone goes home not feeling too much like a loser. <laughs> um, all right. Carrington, your first question. Uh, this actually is probably a question that hopefully Asia knows. Uh, what blood type is referred to as the universal donor? O negative. Asia, should we take that? Yes. Yeah, the answer, answer is type O. We'll take That's that. my yes. blood type. <laughs> type O. Good job, Casey. Oh, man. I would definitely have gotten that wrong, so I'm glad uh, she got that question. My <laughs> blood type is A plus because, as my mom told me, I have the smartest blood. So A plus. <laughs> I love the joke. I honestly, I don't even know what blood type I am. That sounds terrible, but I don't even think I know. It's only because I donated blood and they sent it to me That's like recently. All right. Well, you have a long question. In high school, I learned the mnemonic, mnemonic device remembering how the order of taxonomy for species goes. It's oh, King Philip came over for good spaghetti. With King relating to kingdom and the rest of the first letters in descending order related to scientific classification. So in the King Philip came over for good spaghetti, what does the P stand for? <laughs> Philip came over for some spaghetti? For good and I have to give you the P? What does the P stand for? So, so K was kingdom. Kingdom. What is the P? Oh, I, okay. 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 I got this. Uh, I, dude, what? How do I get this question? <laughs> I would have gotten a sheep question right. Why did you start me off with that question? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought oh. I got you might be starting off with a bad answer here. Okay. You got so. it. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say plants. I wish we could steal roads. Come on. Asia, what's the right answer? Oh geez. Okay. Okay. Phylum. Phylum is correct. It goes kingdom, phylum, class, order family, genus, species. And I knew that without looking it up. Yeah, what is, what's phylum referring to? Not a clue. I just know what it stands for. I was gonna say, I don't, I think phylum's like mammal or like reptile. It's like just classifications of stuff. So for animals, like for us, it's like kingdom, you know, animal kingdom instead of like plant or fungi or whatever. Uh, Miss, can't remember my high school science teacher's name. Never mind though. Uh, all right. <laughs> After round one, Carrington and Asia both have a one nothing lead over Coach Will. Well, round uh, two is going to be. What topic was that? What topic was that? So I don't pick. That was biology. Okay. All right. Well, I obviously suck at biology. So next. All right. Moving on to chemistry and physics. All right. Carrington will give you the first question this time. So Carrington. Yes. Okay. An elements atomic. So actually, for these, all of these questions in this category are going to be multiple choice. Oh geez. All right. Okay. So. An element's atomic number is equivalent to how many blanks are found in an element's nutrient. Or sorry, in an element's nucleus. Sorry, my, let's do this again, my bad. Uh, 
I said plant. Now we're going to nutrients. I love it. I know. <laughs> an element's atomic number is equivalent to how many blank are found in an element's nucleus. Is the answer protons, neutrons, or oh, electrons? What was the last one? Protons, neutrons, or electrons? Is it protons? Protons is correct. An atomic number is how many protons are found in its nucleus. All right, Will, here we go. What does the number 9.8 meters per second squared represent? Is it the speed of an object in freefall, the speed of light, the speed of sound, or the speed of a nuclear reaction? Yikes. Say, say the four answers again, I'm sorry. 9.8 9 meters per second squared. Speed of an object in free fall, speed of light, speed of sound, or speed of a nuclear reaction? Oh, wow. I, it's either light or sound. And I feel like speed would be way faster than that. So I'm going to go, uh, for some reason, I'm going to go with sound. Can I steal? You can say what the correct answer is. The free fall. It's death. It's Gravity. Yes. So Shout out to Miss Boyd. Meters per second squared is the speed of an object in free fall. Yep. See, I'm, dude, I'm terrible at science. Well, I'm terrible at everything, but that's, that's I fine. just took physics, too. So, like, it's like kind of fresh. All right, Asia, your question. Uh, question oh, category. What will happen to the level of water in a glass if you fill it to the brim with ice water as the ice melts? Will the uh, volume of water increase, decrease, or sorry, will the volume of water in the glass increase, decrease, or stay the same? Whoa. Okay, say that one more time. <laughs> if you have a full glass of ice water, what will happen to the level of water in the glass as the ice melts? Will the level of water increase, decrease, or stay the same? Oh gosh, I don't know this. Okay, let's go and stay the same. That is incorrect. Carrington, <laughs> like you know, it's it'll get higher. That is also incorrect. What? Are you serious? It'll apparently, decrease. If you uh, put ice in a glass of water, it'll decrease. No, it's once the ice. So if ice you melts. if you fill it all the way up with ice, and then that ice melts, the volume of the ice would go down. I thought you were putting ice in a glass of already no. like way, water already in it that's why i was like well ice gonna melt it's gonna turn to water <laughs> a fair point uh, what, what's the reasoning for that well no. i'm glad you asked um one interesting property of water is that it achieves maximum density as a liquid not a solid so ice is less dense than water and floats when it melts it becomes more dense more mass per unit of volume means the level of the liquid drops slightly all right Cite your sources, because I know that you didn't get that from your own knowledge. Uh, the source is me Googling interesting <laughs> physics questions. <laughs> All right. After two rounds, our score, Carrington 2, Asia 1, Will 0. Nice. Will, you will get our first question in the category of anatomy. What type of blood vessels carry oxygenated blood <laughs> away from the heart to all the body's tissues? Oh man, well it's uh, say it one more time. What I'm, type? I'm, of, I'm making sure I don't talk myself out of it. What type of blood vessels carry oxygenated blood away from the heart to all of the body's tissues? Is it? Oh man, 
for some reason I want to say arteries, but I don't I don't think that's correct. The way I'm going in this game, I, I know it's not correct. Oh man. What arteries, veins, I guess oh my god. There's I don't even veins, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I don't oh man, I don't know. I'm gonna say arteries, but I don't think that's correct. I know it's not correct. Arteries is correct. Veins are in, arteries are out. Arteries away from the heart. So arteries away, take blood away from the heart. Okay, all right, fantastic. Asia, you are up. Oh geez. Smallest bones in the human body are found where? The ear. That is correct. Hey. What? <laughs> Nursing school teaches me everything. That wow. is correct. You got uh, it. That must have been one of the few questions you got right in that anatomy test. Oh, absolutely. It probably was. All right, Carrington, Asia is tied up. You have the last question of the round, though, to take the lead. What is the largest organ in the human body? The skin. That is also correct. Immediate the answer gets that one correct. <laughs> So after three rounds, Carrington stays perfect with three. Aja's got two. Will's got one. Oh, I'm so glad you didn't ask me that question because I would have seemed like such an idiot. <laughs> I would have I said something like the lungs or the kidney. He would have said, no, dummy, it's the skin. I would not have said no, dummy. I just would have said no. <laughs> uh, all right. Round four is space and such. Oh, well, yeah. All right. Uh, Asia, to you. Jeez. What is the largest planet in the solar system? Oh, no. You know this. Do I? Yes. <laughs> Are you sure? Yes. I don't think I do. <laughs> if I say this answer and it's wrong, I might have to, like, drop out of college and go into hiding. Fair enough. Um, the largest planet in the solar system? God. Okay, I'm gonna say it. Is it the sun? <laughs> is the sun a planet or is it Earth? I'm gonna say, is the sun a planet? <laughs> is it Earth? Is it Earth. <laughs> the sun is not a planet. Earth is also not the largest planet. The answer is any guesses? Jupiter. Jupiter is correct. Yeah. How was I supposed to know that? Yes, girls go to college to gain more knowledge. More spot knowledge, boys go to Jupiter. Jupiter. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. That doesn't help you know that it's the biggest planet, but I guess you were sent to Jupiter to learn that one. All right, Carrington, with a lead to open up a commanding lead here. Within five years, when is the last time that someone walked on the moon? So your answer has to be within five years of the correct year. When is the last time someone has walked on the moon? Most recent time. Yikes. <laughs> With the windows like background is playing in the background. Um it wasn't that long ago. I'm gonna say nineteen eighty-five. So every single person that's been on the moon was on the moon in between nineteen sixty-nine when the man first walked on the moon and the most recent moonwalk, which was in nineteen seventy-two. So it all man, happens in a so pretty close. narrow window. Uh, so Close. Not taking commanding lead. Will, last question of the round for you. What planet is closest to the sun? Uh, the sun is also not the correct answer to this question. <laughs> it's not a planet. It is not a planet. Oh, 
like I want to say the Earth, but I'm trying to like look at the planet chart in my head that you know I learned about ten years ago when I was in high school. <laughs> um, I learned about planets more than ten years ago too. Uh, dude, I didn't learn about anything planet related. Literally, meteorology is all about Earth, by the way, not about any other planet in our solar system. Yeah. No, no. I meant, never mind. You're good. What's your guess? Oh, gosh. I'm going to say Mars. Is it? Mars is further away than Earth is. <laughs> oh, gosh. Those Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Saturn, Jupiter, Neptune, Uranus, Pluto, I think. But Mercury is the closest one. Mercury. After, after four rounds, uh, scores are the same. Everyone missed the space questions. Uh, oof, yeah, I don't even know. Those are tough. Learn space questions. All right. I had the letter right. I had the letter right. I yeah. have an M, so. so general uh, science questions now. Carrington, you're up first. Okay. What is the boiling point of water in degrees Fahrenheit? Oh, what the heck? Degrees Fahrenheit, the boiling point of water. Oh my gosh, that's so, I feel like the, in Fahrenheit though. Fahrenheit. So. Start converting, Carrington. Cold is 32 degrees. That means hot has to be, oh jeez. And you said boiling point? What, what temperature does water boil? <laughs> this is not something you can figure out. Either you know it or you don't know it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to like weigh my options in my head. What would be the best number? I don't, I don't know what conversion rate you're going to use with the 32 <laughs> part to like get to the, the right answer. And I'm actually waiting to see like what you say out loud as you're converting <laughs> No, I'm just thinking because cold is like Celsius. I'm just trying to get what? Fahrenheit and Celsius right. Like Celsius would be like zero and Fahrenheit would be like 32. Like now if I go to Fahrenheit for like heat, I'm going to say like 102. <laughs> you might have missed one decimal or might have missed a number in your conversion. The answer is 212 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> Oh my god. I, dude, every, oh, that was the one I did know. Oh. Maybe that's like a thing that once you're 22, you learned that one. Uh, oh, I have no idea. All right, Will, your question. Had pirates known about this vitamin, they wouldn't have suffered from scurvy. What vitamin is this? I think. Dude, if I could cuss on this podcast, I'd be like, WTF, man. Oh, oh, your goal on this podcast is make me look like such an idiot. It's not. I gave you the easiest question in the last category. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, I, I, dude, I don't. Mineral, I'm going to go with, you said mineral, right? What? Had pirates known about this vitamin? Vitamin, vitamin, all right, vitamin. What vitamin is this? Vitamin, uh, jeez. Uh, Vitamin D, C, B, 12, A. One answer. Any, any vitamin. Uh, I'm going to let Asia just answer it because I know no, she no, no, knows no. it. You got to guess. What, what's your, what's I, your I, I said I, my initial vitamin that I yelled out was vitamin C. So I'll just go with that and then let her answer it. Asia? Vitamin D. 
it actually is vitamin C. No. Oh, wow. Look at that. I think vitamin Look C is that. like. Are we sure? Where's the source? I don't know. Again, me Googling random science stuff. I'm pretty sure vitamin C is correct, though. I'm pretty sure. All right. Well, before any one of us looks that up to confirm or deny it, uh, let's move on because once we ask the next question, we're done. All right. Uh, we'll hear <laughs> from uh, But no, no, uh, no, I'm saying we're we're done with like going back and looking, fact checking. So oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Asia. Last question around to you to tie. Uh, within five percent, how much of the Earth is covered by water? Come on, man. <laughs> um, oh geez 75 that is within five percent the answer is apparently 71 percent oh thank goodness so everyone is in the point so we're all going to go to this last round here we're going to let will go first you can pick from any of the categories there's only one extra question in each category so whatever category he picks you got you girls cannot pick from. So, Will, what category do you want your last question to be from? Don't pick the how, last two. How, how far am I behind anyway? We're only one behind. Sorry, I should say the scores. Asian <laughs> parents each have three. Will has two. So I still have a shot as bad as I've been. Shot. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. And I can pick any category. Any category. Oh, well, definitely take the solar system out and throw that in the trash can and never bring it back. <laughs> we will shoot Agreed. that in the black hole for you. <laughs> yes. Rhodes, you're killing me. Uh, oh, man. We had general, right? That was Biology, chemistry or physics, anatomy, space and such, and general. General was your vitamin C question. Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want general either. I'll, dude, I honestly, I think I'm going to get it wrong no matter what. I, just pick one of the three that isn't the solar system or general. All right, we're going to pick anatomy, so that way Asia can't pick it. I think that might be your favorite. No. So, anatomy. Oh, perfect. What connects muscle to bone? I knew you were going to ask this question. That is such an easy, like, easy Muscle to bone cartilage. Asia? I, look, go with it, Coach Will. He's got it. I don't think, I thought it was tendons. It might be cartilage. Oh, Sorry, you can edit that out. <laughs> I think you're right, Asia. I'm gonna, I, I have to go with my official answer because I said cartilage, but she said the right answer. Yes, tendons is the correct answer. Cartilage is like the stuff surrounding bones. Or I yeah. Think. yeah. Tendons uh, is the right answer. Will is not going to win, unfortunately. All right, Asia, you are up next. You can pick one of the other four categories. Can you say the categories again? Biology, chemistry, and physics space and such in general definitely not space and such because that was awful uh oh, let's do biology biology the mitochondria is famously called the powerhouse of the cell but what is it that the mitochondria actually does oh geez <laughs> um, um what does the mitochondria do um since it's okay let's try to walk through this since it's the powerhouse of the cell um there's some energy involved um i don't um <laughs> mr andrew be so disappointed um does it beat up other cells since it's the power I don't, i'm not sure no it just like <laughs> gives power and energy to all the other parts of the cell so that they can function properly 
That is the correct answer. It uh, is? It creates energy for the cell. So that is the correct answer. Uh, so Inge won't have to, you know, come back over here and beat you up. Uh, it's like a mitochondria mite from another cell. All right, Harrington. <laughs> Asia's taking the 4-3 lead on you. You need this question to tie it up. You can what pick are the categories again? Chemistry and physics, speaking <laughs> such, or general. Oh, I can't pick a category that they've already picked? Correct. Yeah. You can only pick one of those three. Ooh. <laughs> um... Okay, chemistry and physics. All right. So, as a reminder, this is a multiple choice question. Oh, yes. You can't live without iron. Where in the body is most of the iron located? Oh, your God. Brain, your bones, your skin, or your blood? Blood. Final answer? Yeah. That is correct. Most of your iron is located in your blood. Yes! So, Harrington and Asia have tied it for yes. So we will go to our bonus question. Oh, dear. Okay. All right. Basically, I'm going to ask the question. Uh, the answer to this is a state. Whoever calls out the first answer, they get a, they get a guess. And after that, you guys are going to – you guys can just alternate guesses as to what state you think the answer is. Okay. All right. What state in the United States recorded the hottest recorded temperature on Earth? Arizona. No. Carrington, you got a guess? Texas. No. Florida. No. It was my turn. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go. Um, Florida's already out, man. Um, California. Yes, that is correct. Death Valley, California in 1913 recorded a yeah. temperature of 134 degrees. Oh, and man. with that, Asia is our science trivia champion. Woo! Oh. Congratulations on winning science trivia. Thank you. It means a lot. I've worked really hard for this. <laughs> you, you all did pretty well on that. Uh, that. That wasn't so bad. No, it wasn't. It wasn't actually that bad. Don't, don't sugarcoat it for me, Rhodes. That was, <laughs> that, was a bad, that was a bad performance. But at least I'm learning. I will say, as bad as I am at most of the competitions we do, at least I'm learning something from any topic we do. So I do appreciate you improving my science knowledge. Yeah, I expect you in our next staff meeting to wow the staff by going, did you know that... In Jeopardy! <laughs> yeah, or that too, yes. Uh, Asia Carrington, uh, thank you both so much for coming on to talk to us today. Uh, we, really, we really appreciate it. Uh, and, you know, enjoyed having a good conversation with you and, of course, you know, playing science trivia as well. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? Yeah, I stabbed a man in the heart. Today it's time to take a little trip back to high school and maybe college and pick our favorite Will Ferrell movies. Even though I'm supposed to let Rhodes pick today first just because it's his turn, I'm just going to let him pick first because I'm terrible and he deserves the right to pick considering he's won the last six out of seven drafts. So, Rhodes, you're up. Let's go. Whew, this is, this is a good board. Uh, I was actually a little surprised that there weren't quite as many good Will Ferrell movies that I saw as when we did the Adam Sandler draft uh, last week. Uh, the tops like for Will Ferrell are super, super good, but it doesn't quite have the depth of the Adam Sandler movie draft. Uh, but the first pick, I think this is a, this is a great one. Uh, I remember seeing this in theaters. I want to say I was like my junior or senior year of high school. And just the first 10, 15 minutes of it, I was dying the entire time. Uh, I was just dying laughing. It was so funny. Uh, this isn't necessarily a movie that depicts my favorite holiday in the world, but this is my favorite Will Ferrell movie, so I'm going to pick Elf. That's a solid pick. 
that's probably one that I would have maybe drafted a little bit lower, maybe the third or fourth round uh, for me or third or fourth pick for me. Uh, but that's a solid movie. I, I absolutely love during Christmas time. That's one of the, the few movies that I like watching now. It used to be Christmas Story, but now it's getting to that point where I needed to move on to a new tradition. So Elf has become that tradition for me. Every year I watch that movie. So solid pick to you. Um, for, for my two picks, I'm going to try to go with, I think the two movies that I believe were some of his slapstick humor is probably best appreciated and probably best well-known across different demographics. Um, these are probably two of my favorite. I definitely watched uh, this movie the other day. The first pick, I'm going to go with Step Brothers. That was two on my board, so that's, that's a perfect spot for it. And the second movie that I'm going to go with is, you know, more of the college uh, theme versus the, you know, older stepbrothers that, you know, just magically come together and create havoc on the world. Uh, but my second pick is going to be old school. That's also hilarious. Uh, definitely not the star, but Will Ferrell is definitely the most memorable character from that movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that's the thing is like with some of those Adam Sandler movies, I feel like some of the other, even though Adam Sandler technically was the leading character in some of those movies, like there was other actors that helped carry the movie a little bit. So I'm glad that you appreciate old school and you're allowing that pick. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, like, you know, Luke Wilson might've been the star of the movie, but he's just like the boring straight man. Like the, like Will Ferrell and Vince Vaughn definitely make that movie happen. Absolutely. Um, all right. So for me, uh, you took the number two thing on my board, Step Brothers. I'm going to go to number three. Uh, this is, this is a great movie. I think Will Ferrell kind of works best, like, like, I don't know, in, in, as like a duo and a foil a lot of times, like Step Brothers is a good example of that. And this next movie is a good example of it too. Uh, and that's Blades of Glory. Mm, that's a sneaky pick. That's a sneaky good one. I, I think that I, honestly, I think that's probably the most undervalued movie that he's made out of his, you know, last maybe five to 10 movies. I think that's probably the one that's most undervalued, but I think it's one of his better ones. Yeah. I think it's just super fun. Uh, I actually, I'm not totally sure if it's less problematic 15 years later. The other ones that he made, uh, I don't know how many of these movies are being made in 2020, but uh, it's a fun movie. With my next pick, I'm going to go with, again, one of the classics, uh, Anchorman. Oh, that's, that's a frustrating one. I, I think uh, that would have been my next pick um, for sure. I'm a little disappointed that you, you got that one, but that's okay. Um, but it's definitely a good one. And I, I think the, the great thing about that movie is I don't actually think that, to me, I don't think that he's my favorite character in that movie. Like, it's such a great ensemble comedy that they all do their part really good, but I laugh the most at some of the other characters' like dumb antics in the movie, and then Will Ferrell just kind of like finishes off the joke. Yeah, it's, it's a great cast. Uh, you know, kind of a, before they were super famous, like Steve Carell, even like before like the Paul Rudd like renaissance and stuff too it's it's a really good cast uh but you know Will Ferrell is just total oafish stupidity and obliviousness uh really really makes it uh, makes it a classic also and I don't think I'm gonna pick it later but Anchorman 2 is also like a, a solid movie it's, it's not as terrible as it could have been I've never seen Anchorman 2 so uh, I would have to take your word on it. And this is, this is completely like off, not off topic, but um, you know that uh, there's an interview or a guy that does interviews 
and he like eats chicken wings when he interviews the guests and they try all these different hot sauces. Yeah. So like as they go through each question, they do like hotter sauces. Yeah. So I watched the one that they did with Paul Rudd and like the first question in that series with Paul Rudd, they asked about Anchorman and apparently the actual script of Anchorman was supposed to be these news people that were on a plane transporting chimpanzees and ninja equipment over like water and to like some convention and they crash on an island and the whole movie was going to be about the anchor people fighting with the chimpanzees over the island with ninja stars and ninja like knives and everything like that literally like Paul Rudd was serious and he's like yeah that was the script but we realized that that would not like actually happen I mean, Lord of the Flies meets Planet of the Apes would make for an interesting movie. Uh, I think I'm glad that they ended up going with a second option there with the actual Anchorman script, though. But that is, that certainly would have been quite the movie also. Yeah, I think the scene where they have all the uh, news stations come and fight off in the battle of a street, I I feel like they just put that scene in there because it was like a homage to what they originally wanted to do. But I just thought it was so interesting. That that would be a great movie. Maybe we can uh, get our theater production at school to do exactly what you said. Lord of the Flies meets Planet of the Apes. (laughs) I did write and direct a movie in high school, so I, I do have some experience. Dude, you're a singer and a playwright. I mean, this is your your skills that I'm learning on this podcast are amazing. Uh, but I'm not a singer. I, I have sung. I don't <laughs> think I am a singer. Okay, I'm giving you too much credit. All right, I'm I'm sorry. All right, listeners, I'm sorry. We're back. We're coming uh, with the the next pick in in my draft board. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick one of his sports movies that I think uh, is definitely one of his more quotable movies. Uh, you know. It might be the one you're thinking by by your facial expression. I'm not sure, uh, Rhodes, but I'm going to go with Talladega Nights as yeah. my next pick. I think that's that's another solid pick. That was definitely the next next movie on my board, too. Uh, also, again, playing an idiot uh, and just doing stupid things because he's an idiot, and that's what idiots do. Okay, so this is where it gets really tough. Like you said, I mean, Will Ferrell's top movies are legit. I mean, I, I think his, like, eight best movies are going to be the eight that we come up with. And then it's going to be, like, everything else is kind of kind of crap. Um, I, I'm having a tough time. I'm not going to go with, and I hope this doesn't mean you're going to take it, I'm not going to go with Simi Pro. I don't think that's one of his better movies, even though people think that's funny, and that might be the one you go with. But I'm going to go with, I love the dynamic that he had in this movie with a, action star and the humor that they brought to a police comedy and i'm gonna go with the other guys so that's a great pick that was the next one i had also uh uh, i was really hoping to be able to sneak that one in and get that so yeah with that literally the top seven things on my board are our first seven picks uh that was the seventh one on board so i think we have a pretty big agreement on what the top will ferrell movies are Oh yeah. Like I, I'm looking at a list of these movies and, and it's, it's hard. Like I, I legitimately think we've picked so far seven of his top eight or nine movies. So the movies I have next, honestly, I didn't put semi-pro on the list. I've only seen that like once and I was kind of like, eh, on it. I just didn't particularly like it that much though. I did actually feel like I saw him. Like he came to UNC when I was in college and did like some comedy set there uh, I think with Nick Swarzen and stuff too. And I think that was like in conjunction with the movie Semi-Pro. 
And that was yeah. right for me, but the movie didn't really do it for me. Yeah. So the next movies I had listed were kind of movies that I don't know if you even classify them as like Will Ferrell movies. Like Zoolander, it's a great movie. He's got a part in it. That's not really a Will Ferrell movie. That's like Ooh, a Ben Stiller. You better movie. not go the direction I think you're going. So the one I'm gonna go with is the one where he has a very very small part in it, but he oh. really steals the show with the part that he does have. Uh, Ma, Ma Milo. <laughs> we both said it at the same time. Oh, without any props. That is unbelievable. So instead of like picking like a mediocre movie, I'm going to go with Wedding Crashers. And we'll see if I get penalized for that because he is definitely not a star of that movie. But I still think he has a couple super memorable parts in that movie that, that, that kind of classify it there. Oh, gosh. I can't – I, like, legitimately, the listeners can't see me, but, I like, I had my eyes closed, and then I said, Ma, the meatloaf, and you said it at the exact same time. Like, we are just on great wavelength because, honestly, Wedding Crashers is going to be my number one pick for Will Ferrell movies because I legitimately think that that, like, five, ten-minute cameo of that movie is by far, like, one of the best, like, comedic moments he's ever had. Yeah. Especially, like, as shocking as it was, like, I know, like, going in when I saw it in theaters, like, I had no idea that was going to be him. And you just see him, it's like, oh, my God, of course that's who Chad is. Chad, right? Yeah, that's who Chad is. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's great. Uh, I, I can't remember. I, I really hope, and I'm going to go ahead and put it out right now, I think I have a fantastic draft board. And if I lose this draft, it's going to be an asterisk because that movie shouldn't count. Because I legitimately think you're going to win this draft just because of that pick. Yeah. Uh, that, that was – so I basically had the first seven movies we picked listed, and then I put Wedding Crashes below. It was like, you know, if all seven of those are taken, I'm going to go with that for the last pick, and we'll see if that, if we'll see if that flies. So <laughs> we'll see. Uh, again, make sure to vote uh, on Twitter, at marketing underscore HSHS. Uh, this is – this is a tough one. I think this is the most even draft that we've done in a while. Well, I, based on what we legitimately just said, where we both agreed on every pick, we've never had that. There's always been the typical roads off of left field, right? Like, I don't even know where you're coming from with your selection pick. And then all of a sudden, these last couple of drafts, it's been like, you get this and I get that and we're like disagreeing. But this one, man, we are all on the same page. I'm glad that we were able to end a draft and a podcast like legitimately, like not le like holding hands, but, you know, in spirit, we're holding hands. We're like, we're, we're there. We're, we're on the same page. And I really, uh, I really appreciate it, man. Yeah. In spirit, we're holding hands six feet away. Yes, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, again, thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, thanks for, bearing with us for the delays on the last two podcasts the uh, being out of day late friday and being posted late night uh, monday night for this one i uh, can't wait to see you again later this week yep see you guys thursday because <laughs> they can see the peace sign as you drop the mic peace sign shades off <laughs> <laughs>